We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose Angler Podcast. This is episode 155 of the pod alongside Matt Moody. I am Joe Musso with uh, some topics to get to today. You know, each week uh, the ebb and the flow of the sporting uh, wave kind of hits us. We are in a bit of an ebb right now, to be fair, as we await the return of uh, major league sports and the leagues that um, enrich our lives that we've missed for the better part of almost three months now. But uh, uh, Matt... Before we get to any of that, I say hello and how are you? You know, we're, we're doing pretty good. Um, the news this week was, was large. I guess two out of the three sports was largely positive. Yes. Um, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the baseball one's a little bit disappointing. We'll get to it a little bit later. I still think they somehow figure that out. But uh, it was a, was a positive week and it seems like we're starting to get, you know, inklings of when sports might be coming back. All right, so, so let's hit each one here and kind sure. of give our level of certainty, our uh, excitement surrounding the plans laid out by these given leagues. Let's start in the NBA. Okay. Um, sounds like everything is heading towards Disney World in Orlando being a centralized location for a resumption of play. Now, whether that's uh, a little bit of regular season basketball to figure out who's heading in or whether that's straight to playoffs has not yet been decided. Our, our sources over at HQ have been telling us that you know these players, these coaches, everybody wants – a week or two um, past training camp. Like you got to have a training camp. And then once you get to actual basketball, they want there to be some sort of seven game, eight game, 10 game season before you play playoff basketball, largely Mm -hmm. because that gets the TV contracts up to the requisite 70 games, which uh, I think we talked about a a little bit, but um, it does feel like, you know, my level of confidence personally around the NBA that this is going to happen and it's going to happen sometime in July. Uh, I, I selfishly hope that we have some of those regular season games because I mean, I, I think I'd like to see the Bulls play a little bit more basketball, and selfishly, I'd like but, to have you know and, more games. And not too. to cut you off, but sure. just a little food for little food for thought to kind of take you down that road a little further. If you are a player on a team that's already mathematically eliminated, and all you're doing is going back to cash a few game checks and possibly get hurt or get sick in Orlando, is that something that you'd have any interest in? Well, see, that's where I was going to elaborate on as well. I'd like, I think I'd selfishly like to see those. We, I, mm-hmm. I think it was Damian Lillard who said the other day, if his team doesn't have a chance at the playoffs, he's not going to play. He said, you know, yeah. I'll be there with my team because I'm on the team and going to support it, but I'm not going to risk going out on the court. Obviously, if he's there, he's risking getting sick, but it's probably less yeah. so sitting on the bench as being on the court with, you know, other players being exposed to that or being exposed to, you know, taking the chance of getting injured. And I think you'll see a lot of those players do that. Like if you're Zach Levine, a guy with ACL history, why would you play? Um, yeah. It doesn't really make that much sense to me. And I think you'll see a lot of that. So I, I think the, the league is going to do it selfishly, like you said, to fulfill those contracts to hit that 70 game mark. But I don't think the basketball you're going to see will be all that great because I think you'll see a good amount of players sit out, and you'll probably see some G League call-ups that yeah. will, will fill some spots but, for those last you know, games. You know, Matt, even if it's coming from a point of selfishness, I'm okay with it from the league because you can't throw, I don't care what the sport is, but especially basketball where, and hockey's similar, uh, baseball, you know, the moment heightens, but I think the play can't really, I don't know, This uh, that's not the way I'm trying to put it, but I, I think in baseball, 
the drop-off from playoff to regular season effort and playoff to regular season um, intensity mm-hmm. might not be as large as the NBA. Like, the NBA is a completely different game from the playoffs to the regular season. Like, they actually play defense in the playoffs. So to throw these guys into a scenario where it's already going to be different, it's already going to be new, it's already going to be in some sporting complex complex at the wide world of sports and ask them to go right into the most pivotal point of the year, I don't think is fair to the team's that do have a chance at a championship. Now that championship's always going to be marred and have an asterisk, or that's going to be a smaller banner or however you want to put it. Those teams need those seven games just as much as the teams that are trying to sneak in and be those last teams in this tournament or however it's going to be set up. Your Lakers, your Clippers, um, your Bucks. these teams don't want to come out flat-footed because how hard they work to get to the position that they are at the top of the standings. Um, they're going to need seven to ten games, two weeks to ramp up and get ready to click into playoff mode is the way I think about it. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like it'd be like starting an NBA season, skipping the preseason, and just kind of jumping right into the playoffs yeah. like that, which you, you can't really do. because it, it, It'll be interesting. I will, we'll get to it on the NHL standpoint, but that's kind of what they're doing, and I, I am – I think uh, we'll get to it again. I think that's going to give the Blackhawks a little bit of advantage. But like you said, all these games are such different. uh, All these sports are so different Mm -hmm. once you hit the playoffs where I think the NBA is ultimately doing it right because they're going to have this chance to get those contenders up to speed in, in, you know, whatever it is, a seven to 10 game format. Um, But again, we'll, we'll see how good of basketball it is, whether those teams are actually playing, you know, competitive teams depends on who's, uh, remaining on their schedule or if it's kind of just like I said playing some G League guys but you're going to need that time to to you know tune up get back in sync with your team because you can't really just throw a team like the Lakers or the Bucks right into the playoffs and expect them to be clicking right away. Well we've made a couple references already to the NHL uh, Matt we haven't had a hockey minute in a moment but it appears that uh, the Blackhawks have have answered our question the current plan will include them in the playoffs uh with a play-in series with the Edmonton Oilers is my understanding of it. Um, when this is happening, where it's happening, has yet to be established, but they've they've laid forth the plan um, and how things are going to work in the NHL. Matt, just your initial reaction to the plan, uh, to the Blackhawks having you know a fighter's chance to being in the playoff here, and how you'll kind of uh, situate this in history as we're looking back at this era of Blackhawks hockey. I don't think outside of literally a Stanley Cup championship through this that it should affect the, you know, decision making regarding Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colleton come you know, come whenever this playoff run ends. Um, that said, while it's on a technicality, we get Blackhawks playoff hockey for the first time in, you know, three years. So I'm very excited to see them in the playoffs and I do think they have a pretty decent chance in the first round. Vegas seems to see, think so as well. They they're only plus one thirty underdogs. Uh, coming into the first round, so that's not that big of an underdog. Um, like I said, with with basketball, obviously they're going to have some tune-up games. Hockey's not in playoff hockey. You hear it every year. is a much different game than than the regular season. It's a much more similar to the NBA defensively yep. based type of game. And you're going to see the teams who have that playoff experience, who know how to play that game, probably succeed a little bit more which is why I think teams like the Edmonton Oilers and the Pittsburgh Penguins aren't terribly thrilled to see the likes of, you know, the Blackhawks with, you know, the, the, their playoff um, uh, pedigree and then, you know, the Canadians with, you know, Carey Price and in that. They're not going to like to see these teams that, you know, probably shouldn't have made the playoffs with these superstar talents and these playoff experience be their first-round opponents. But that said, yeah. I'm psyched to see it. We get Blackhawks playoff hockey, whether it's, you know, legitimate or not. Um, we're going to get to see it. And I, selfishly, I'm, I'm happy to see Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith, Corey Crawford back in the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I think you make a great point there. Anytime you put that cast of names out on the ice in the postseason, you really don't want to be the other team. You no. don't want to be the team on the other side of that, no matter how good or bad they played uh, prior to during the season. Because I think that what we're going to see in a lot of these sports is that you know the the, the playing field is largely leveled from this layoff. Everyone's going to come in a little bit flat-footed. I don't think anyone um, beyond staying in shape has been doing what they need to to stay sharp from like a game standpoint the hawks weren't getting together and you know running shifts and and staying ready they weren't allowed to uh the 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 lakers might have had a couple practices with two or three guys Mm -hmm. these teams are all going to come in having to find momentum everyone has the same amount of momentum right now and sometimes you know heading into playoffs the momentum dictates the outcome and, and there's none of that this year so when you get a group of players like the Blackhawks have with zero momentum taken into account, it's a scary group. Now, what is kind of interesting, though, is those 5 through 12 seeds are playing, you know, for their, their playoff livelihood, you know, see who advances to the, the quote-unquote playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. Those top four seeds, though, while what the games they're playing matter, they're just more of a round-robin to set up seeding. Yes. So, like, you kind of see, again, it's not exhibition games. Like, I don't want to call the NBA exhibition games because they're still playing for seeding and all that. But that's kind of what that is. They're just playing for one through four seeding. They're in the playoffs. So you're going to see those teams, I think, with the distinct advantage because they're going to have a little bit more room for error. They're going to have a little bit more room to treat these games more like tune-ups rather than must-win playoff games, if that makes sense. Which, by the way, those are the top four seeds. They should have that advantage because they earned that in the regular season. Well, either way, Matt, I think over the weekend, um, again, another example of our yearning for live sports, uh, the match did crazy numbers um, between Tiger, Phil, Tom, Brady. It, it was uh, Tom Brady. Tiger, Phil, who did I miss? Tom Payton. And, uh, and Peyton. Thank you. I, I only had one quarterback there. Um, but fantastic viewing experience and just another piece of evidence that no matter the format and the form that we're going to be given sports over the next few months here, we're going to watch it. I think it's, I think all are welcome. Um, and that kind of leads us to our next conversation of the only league that's stepping in its own crap right now. And that's the MLB. Um, there's no reason to feel good about MLB baseball happening this season. Uh, the players uh, association and the owners seem to be at an impasse. You know, we've talked about it in the past here on the podcast. The owners once promised prorated contracts for the number of games that are being played. Now they want to do revenue sharing in a tiered system in which the highest players only receive like 20% of their contracts. Uh, the players responded late last night, not formally. The formal response is coming uh, either today or tomorrow. But the players are reportedly wanting a 100-plus season game with fully prorated salaries and um, a look at documents that indicate these ownerships finances which is something that the players aren't privy to um to kind of say hey don't play poor on us here they're just i guess the point i'm trying to make here is there are completely different sides of the table and there doesn't seem to be a single point that they've come to terms on i don't think we see mlb baseball this year they have to though i I mean they don't have to they don't have to because even because even if they do even if they do play baseball this summer it's over it's it's over because the NBA is going to slide the season and there's going to be no reason to watch baseball until basketball's over in uh, when's it going to end August next season there's when when do we pick up baseball postseason regular season baseball is a thing of the past if the NBA gets playing here in this next couple week span and they do move the season from Christmas to like August when do we watch base when does baseball matter 
you know, it, opening, just, opening day, the, the idea, this idea that we've put forth of opening day, all-star break, then playoffs becomes even further magnified in the new world of the sporting schedule. Baseball becomes a niche hobby. Baseball becomes think, something where you go to the game to enjoy it. It goes further where it's going faster. I think that's yeah. why you need to have this. Exactly. That's a, that's a great yeah, but it, it doesn't I make a that's difference. Why you that's why the owners are going to sit there and if say... If you lose this, I mean, if you lose this, then you're further distancing yourself from the NBA and you're further giving them the advantage yeah. come next year when you have this. I mean, not that they're going I to I just think the damage is done. Damage has been done, but like it, you can still do further damage by not having a season. And if you, in this time where everyone it, it, throughout all you know, not just this country, throughout the world is making major sacrifices, it, you know, it, whether it's their job, whether it's how they live their lives, all this stuff, we're all making incredible sacrifices. If players and owners cannot both yeah, come to the table and figure out a way to limit their sacrifice of how many millions they're going to make this year, it's going to further, probably irreparably damage the sport for good. And that's why I'm saying that, that that damage has been done. It has been guy, done, but you, you look can, at a guy like you can John do more. Fisher. You look at a guy like John Fisher, the owner of the Oakland A's, who just informs the entire minor league system that they'll stop paying them mm-hmm. their stipends next week. To pay them their stipends for another... I think I, I don't know what the figure I saw, but to pay them their stipends like four hundred a week through July would cost him like a million two. The guy is worth so many billions of dollars mm-hmm. that he doesn't have the either care, the foresight, the human sense, and not business sense to do that for guys that are already making pennies on the dollar and, and trying to put pieces together. It's just there's no human element that these owners have recognized in it. And the players are at fault in yeah. a sense too. Like, like no one's not at fault here in baseball, but this is the only scenario where the two parties are so far apart right now that for them to even get on the same page, start talking about a resumption of play, we are months and months and months away. Yeah, I don't see the season happening. That's what was so, I guess, interesting. Is it seemed like about a week ago that they were the reports where they were kind of making progress, and then yesterday, if the, the you know. The, the story was yesterday, the day before the story came out of how much of a pay cut the owners were asking these guys to take. And it just did the most baseball thing ever. Like right when you seem like you had a little bit of a cookie, it got yanked away on the string. And I just, I, I don't understand how these sides can be so far apart in such what, what, what seems like. Well, it's, it's really understandable because anytime there's a negotiation of any sort, baseball bungles it. Baseball. That, that's, well, that's why I don't, well, I guess it's, it's under, it's a, Disappointingly, understandable that baseball is bungling this, but like I don't yeah. get how they can keep doing this time and time again. It just, it's it's mind boggling for somebody who loves baseball and just wants to see baseball, wants to be back. And it, it, there, there's, it, uh, you, you see the meme rolling around Twitter and Instagram, like people are wondering why Kyler Murray played football. Kyler Murray yeah. would still be in the minors right now and just have his four hundred dollars stipend taken away. Like you wonder why football is king and why baseball is, you know like you said, trending in the wrong direction. And it has before this. It has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, history or the Baseball Writers of America or whoever it may be are going to look back and they're going to point their finger at the points in history where there was scandal, um, where there was cheating. Um, We've forgotten that the Houston Astros were going to get beanballed all season long. This this benefits them more than anyone, but I I, I digress there. They're going to point back at scandal like cheating and steroids, but the truth of the matter is that baseball has been completely stunted. The growth of the game has been completely stunted under its own accord by its ownership and by its players. 
I mean, it's, it's pretty much been killed and, you know, it's like you said, stunted by greed, by baseball wanting to take every last dollar instead of caring about growing the game and doing what's best for the game. Owners and, and players as well want, want to do what's best for their pocketbook. And it's just, it, it's really unfortunate, especially in a time, like I said, where we're all, you know, going through the same types of thing. That's, that's not the same types of thing. We're going through much worse than those guys are who are sitting on millions and millions going through these sacrifices, making these sacrifices. They can't seem to do it. And we're talking about we're talking about how far baseball is away from a resolution where th- this could have been seen if there was any business sense yep. on both parties. This could have been, been seen negotiating as a, a long chance, time ago as a chance to dominate the news cycle, as a I chance too. to dominate the airwaves. Put baseball games on, have it done safely, test everybody. Whatever you need to do, there should be baseball being played right now because what else are you going to watch? on a Thursday uh, in the middle of the day with nothing on another rerun of the last dance. Like people, people need more to chew on and baseball had an opportunity to get back in the conversation. And they've, like we said, completely botched that, uh, that opportunity, but that opportunity is being taken up by other sports. It's being taken up by other people. Uh, The UFC will be back on Saturday with another, another card. Um, The, the match was fantastic viewing. As we said, we're going to dig into that right now, but, um, you know, we are beginning to scratch those itches, Matt, and uh, the match did it for me. It was so much fun to watch. Um, not only Tiger hit every single fairway and looked like he could win a major this season because his game looked that good, but to watch Tom Brady struggle and to watch Peyton hit shots and to watch everybody turn it on with four holes to play because, oh, yeah, these guys are the greatest competitors yeah. in sports I've ever seen, so let me just will myself to um, figuring out my golf game here. It was... it. Every angle of it I enjoyed. There was nothing about the match other than maybe some technical stuff here and there that you can't control. You know, mics were dropping out, this and that. You're dealing with elements. Mm -hmm. But even with the rain, there wasn't much about the match that I was not fully in favor of. Yeah, it was. I won't only watch more of the back nine. I didn't get the front because I was on the golf course myself, but I was kind of following following along. I think I saw your tweets as well. Your tweet about Tom Brady saying he's about a hole away from from vodka lemonade and a cigar time. He very um, he was. We, we've he all, was. But that was the cool <laughs> thing is like we've all been there on the golf course at that point. While we're, we'll literally never see a guy like Tiger or Phil get to that point, it was really cool to see these you know five star athletes, these legendary athletes like have those moments like on the golf course like us but you don't get to see that on tv like man tom brady sometimes is just like me on the fourth tee he shoved that thing 280 yards to the left like that was that was kind of cool to see and then obviously like you said down the stretch just seeing them but i think it was 16 or 15 the par three where you know phil went to five feet and then tom brady went to four feet it was a dart show and then peyton manning went to two feet and then tiger was tiger was like far man out by far and he was only at like 15 feet like that was i think that for me was probably the coolest moment of the entire time just seeing these guys in the pouring rain just stick all these irons from really tough bar three but that was so fun to watch i'm really glad we got it and i kind of hope at some point, we don't. This isn't going to become a regular thing, but we see more of this in the future because it's a chance for these guys to have a little bit more fun and make you know pro golf a little bit more relatable to all. Of yeah, there, there's novelty to it, and, and I've heard a lot of people saying that you know, oh, this is what's great about the game. This is what's relatable, as you said. This is what the game needs more of. And I agree with that to a certain extent, but I also think that the PGA Tour um, does a great job of what they do. Yes, they take themselves seriously, but mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about handing out $10 million of purses every weekend. Like, there's this is this is serious. And, mm-hmm. and yes, it can be fun, and I think it is fun at moments because we love the game. Um, if, it's, if what's going to draw you into golf as a new viewer is the fact that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are out of the course, 
Well, I think that novelty wears off at a certain time. Like you can only play so many of these um, of these exhibition exhibition matches. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there was a place for it, and this was the perfect time. This was the perfect place. These were the perfect people, and that alignment and where we're at right now in needing sports content could not have been more of a perfect storm. So yes, I'd be open to more of these things, but I don't think it's baseball's an- or I don't think it's golf's answer. Oh no, by no means is that. But yeah. that- didn't mean to imply that. I just think we'll say I would like to see more of these. I guess so not like you said. The golf schedule is fine, but more off-season events like this, where you have you know two stars paired up with two pretty good golfing celebrities, pretty good golfing athletes. I think that'd be fun to see in a you know semi-annual or you know once a year, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I think it was a lot of fun to watch. Did you uh, did you have a moment that stood out that you remember when you remember the match? Uh, it was outside of Brady's hole out. <laughs> uh, it, it, like I said, that that par three were all the whole. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, were, that was you know, stuff. within you know five feet of each. With, all were within five feet of the pin, except for Tiger, who was you know fifteen, which was still pretty good, good shot. Uh, but Tom's today, Tom's hole out was great. That was a turning point. Honestly, but Tiger, from, like you said, was striping him into the fairway, and just to yeah. see not only him striping him into the fairway, but like because they had a shot tracer. Seeing his shot tracer be perfect right off the tee, and him not even watch, just bend down, pick up the tee, and walk like. I, that was that it just is you know a tiger fan that's so cool yeah. to see like that's just that's vintage tiger that's that's so awesome and i wish i was that good at golf or tiger lipping out a four iron for par on an, on the on the one club hole almost making par with a four iron that's that awesome. was uh that was good stuff too uh, that was on the front nine i don't know if you caught that i did six. not but i heard about and it and then uh, uh phil's drive to like 20 feet that tom hold was a lot of fun too yeah. so um start to finish great the air high five um, that phil and that phil and tom that, tried that to i could go for and then we're like, yeah, wait no we're not supposed to <laughs> um but uh good stuff all around tom, I think we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna touch on that and buy or sell a little bit more here um uh, let's let's dive right into buy or sell, Matt, because I know you have a hard out. He's a busy man today, so uh, let's get into some buy or sell. You want to start or you want me to start? Uh, why don't you start us? All right. Well, there's there's been rumors for a little while here now. I think I saw another one today, and it was, it was intriguing me because it's a name that's familiar to us. Tom Thibodeau is linked as one of the candidates to the Knicks job. I'm just going to ask you, buy or sell Tom Thibodeau is back in the NBA next season? Um, I buy it just because you know he has that pedigree of one of the top coaches in the league and it doesn't make sense that he's not coaching this year whether that was under his own accord or the leagues um i don't know if if new york's the match there'd have to be a massive culture change for tom thibodeau to work in new york because um you got a team full of power forwards there that don't like playing defense right now so i I don't know how much that works out from a here's one matchup standpoint but uh but I do think Tibbs can be back in the league whenever he wants to. I mean, we're talking about an Olympian coach. We're talking about a guy who, you know, Mac has maximized the output and effort of every single one of his teams. Be that they might be a little bit tired come playoff time, but uh, Tom Thibodeau has a place in this league amongst a lot of names before Here, a lot of names. Here's one quick bonus: buy or sell. If it's not the Knicks, a reunion with the Chicago Bulls. Sell. Sell. Okay. I, I don't think that's fair. I don't. The guard packs are gone. Yeah. But you don't need to bring uh, – like, like baseball and the players' union, nobody was right in the guard pack Tom Thibodeau <laughs> situation. Um, Fair enough. So I think that bringing that – not to call it an evil because I'll always have a soft spot for Tibbs, but to bring that evil back into – to bring Both that sides to kind of run the their coop, course. You might, yeah, you might have an issue there. Yeah, so I'm going to sell on that one as well. Uh, Matt, buy or sell, I don't know. I think we've all seen on social over the last couple of weeks uh, – 
Mike Tyson's ripped again, and oh, yeah. he's throwing punches, and he appears to be training. Uh, there's been talks about an exhibition match with Evander Holyfield. Then uh, some talk about a possible Tyson-Tyson fight with Mike Tyson fighting Tyson Fury. Uh, Matt, buy or sell uh, on any of these. Mike Tyson back in the ring. Wait, wait, wait. I saw the Evander Holyfield one. You I did the not see thing? the Tyson-Tyson one. I think, it was more like, I think it was more like someone asked Tyson okay, Fury okay, okay. in an interview if he'd be open to it, and he playfully you know, welcomed the idea. I mean, don't get like, – I think it's – You can't have that. You can't have you, that. You can't have that. It's I mean, an old grand, man and a world I mean, if champion. that was a fight, would I buy it? Absolutely, just because of the names <laughs> in it. And, I, I, uh, you know, Tyson, no matter how old he is, he's always got that one punch left in him. But um, I would Does love he? to see – You know, you know be, he probably doesn't, but you're always going to think it, especially like those videos yeah. and how like hard he – he still moves fast. He still moves. He's still got the quick hand. Like you're always going to think if Mike Tyson's in that fight, well, maybe he's got a chance if he just lands one. Um, but no, I don't want to see him fight Tyson Fury because I think that could end very, very badly for him. Um, I would love to see him in Evander Holyfield in somewhat of an exhibition sparring match, and hopefully Anir doesn't get bit off this time. But uh, yeah, I, I would pay to see that from the, the shape Tyson looks to be in in these videos he's releasing. Uh, he was just on a wrestling you know promotion the other day and had his shirt off and looked like he was in pretty darn good shape again. Um, yeah, well, why not? It just—it's similar to like I'll the tell novelty. You why not? It's similar to Mike the novelty. Tyson it's similar to novelty. Doesn't need to get punched in the head anymore. No, but he's probably—you know—it doesn't matter without, without with how Googling many times it. he's been punched without in the head. Googling I'm not it. sure one or two more matter. Um, looking at looking at Mike Tyson's face, physique, everything, taking it all into account. How old would you say Mike Tyson is? Right? He's now? like fifty-two. He's fifty-three years old. Yeah. The man already looks like he's well into his sixties. Oh, lived I the disagree. Life of, I think he he's lived the 52. life of a bo- he lives he's lived the life of a boxer. His brain tells that tale. I'm sure he does not need to be in the ring for exhibition, for charity, for anything. Getting his brain rattled around. Um, he, he said it on the Joe Rogan podcast a few months ago that when he was out of shape, he was out of shape because he doesn't like training because it stokes his ego. That ego comes back alive. That makes him feel like the baddest man of the world. He might be feeling some of that right now. And I don't yeah. know if that's the safest thing for him. You're probably right. And I, I shouldn't say I, <laughs> what I'm thinking, what I kind of, I'm relating to in my head is it's the same type of like seeing those two, you know, spar in an exhibition would be similar to the novelty kind of that we just saw of, you know, Brady and Manning on the golf course with where Holyfield and Tyson are in their careers. But it is them getting punched in the head, not playing golf. So maybe it is a little bit different to that regard. But again, I think Tyson's past, like any, I think irreparable, dam- irre- irreparable damage has been done. I'm not sure you can see much worse. If yeah. the fight were made, I would buy it. Yeah. I that's mean, where, that's like, where I'm pretty much at. Likewise, but yeah, um, it doesn't it. need to happen. I don't think so. Well, no, no, none of this needs to happen, but I would, all right. I'd say watch it. <laughs> Um, all right, this is interesting. It's a little bit off topic, but it's sports related. We like to go off topic sometimes. Uh, let me pull up my page here. The we were talking about the struggles of minor league baseball. At least Oakland saying they're not paying their stipends. Some minor league baseball teams are, are fi- trying to find ways to keep paying the bills. Uh, the, yeah. the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, a double double A team down in Pensacola, Florida, partially owned by Bubba Watson. This is a golf pod bringing this all back together. Uh, have listed their stadium on Airbnb, Joe, for fifteen hundred dollars a night. Uh, large bedroom with 10 beds, access to the batting cage in the field. Buy or sell. The, I, I don't even know what I want to ask you to buy or sell. Would you, would you spend a night for $1,500 with nine other buddies in, in a minor league baseball stadium? This, yeah. this is being billed as you know the bachelor party backup if some of these plans got failed. I think this would be awesome. I, need, I would need to at least negotiate outfield access into the uh, Airbnb. 
got to go. Oh, you got it. You got access to the field. You got access to everything. 100%. You got access to the They can, they, they, uh, I think they said they'd even hook up like video games and stuff to the Jumbotron if you're wanting to do that. Like, I've been to this stadium, Joe. It's a fantastic stadium. It's pretty new. It's got a great view of the water on it. I think $1,500 is a bargain. So we're looking for seven other people to join us in Pensacola to spend a night at the, uh, what is it, the Blue Wahoos The Blue Wahoos. Blue Wahoos. Great Whoa. stadium right on the water. You hit one far enough, you're hitting it right into the Gulf. Who, who says no to that, man? I, don't, I, 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 think we, I think we can get a crew and head down to Pensacola, Florida. Maybe bring, oh, some, not, bring, bring some wedges into the outfield and kind of hit pole to pole. There you go. I have an actual price tag for you, too, in this next one. Oh, okay. Uh, Matt, buy yourself for $300,000 Tom Brady's custom retrofitted Escalade. Uh, he's added length to it. He's added height to it. It inside looks like a luxury helicopter, almost like three by two seating, all leather, two TVs, 32 inch, 12 inch, anything you could ask for. Um, I guess he's been using it uh, a lot to get around in his uh, most recent um, seasons, uh, whether that's from New York to Boston and in between fully equipped with Wi-Fi, anything you could ever want. He put a ton of money into it. Uh, 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 the number that was given is it was, it cost him $350,000, but they're trying to sell it for 300, a uh, little bit of depreciation here, more of a collector's piece for a massive retrofitted Tom Brady Cadillac, uh, EXT Escalade. It just like, it looks like an awesome car, don't get me wrong, but what this all boils down to is Tom Brady wants $300,000 for a used car. Yeah, I think I, I, mean, I, I think about it the same way. And He's like, trying to find a buyer like Jay Leno or someone that like would love to yeah. have Tom Brady's Escalade. Don't know, the, inside, the, the inside does look really cool. Like, you need I, a driver, too. This you need is a driver. Yeah, like, so you're paying $300, yeah, like, plus a salary driver or at least hourly driver. And the, like, yeah. honestly, you look at the outside of that thing, it doesn't look great. It, it looks it, like it doesn't look like I don't know. I don't love the look of it on the outside. I, I know the inside's very luxurious. All that it's stuff. Like someone stretched out an Escalade. Yeah, like it. it's it's like, but like it looks like it's a half Escalade limo, but like not quite long enough to be a limo, but definitely not an EXT. I don't. I, I wouldn't. Now, if I'm if I'm Tom Brady, if I'm why not a just pro keep the car back? That that's perfect. This is perfect for me to get to and from practice, yeah. to watch game film in the car, to still. You know, maintain productivity when you're going from point A to point B. If you're someone of that ilk, yes, this is perfect. So why not? Um, I don't, I don't think, think why he wants to sell it. Just bring it down to yeah. Florida. That's perfect for Florida car. Yeah, maybe Florida. I don't know. Yeah, what is his plan in Florida? Maybe he lives closer to the stadium because no, Boston I think was Boston to Foxborough was a longer. He's, he's going to start rolling up in like one of those. You know, in Florida, they do. They have um, the old like. They, they have like old Cadillacs and like DeVille's that they mm. candy paint that they put in crazy colors. So I think I like that. Tom's going to roll up in, in, in a candy paint number. You can't, That's, you can't have, to be more on brand. You can't have a brand new Escalade in Florida. You need to have like a 1997 Cadillac DeVille. That's kind of, that, that's a good point. Yeah. I think, uh, I think blend that, in a uh, little bit more with the people stand out. a little I think bit this less. is a safe sell, uh, for both of us. Yeah. I don't also, I just don't have the $300,000 to literally true. buy that's that. Well, the we, hypothetical was that you did. So yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't get, didn't catch the hypothetical part. I asked, I thought you were asking was literally buying or selling. Either way, <laughs> probably selling on that. I'll just get myself a, a car that I can, you know, drive myself. Probably. Uh, you got another matter? Uh, do I? I don't know. Do you? I don't think I do. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have one last one for Ooh. you then. Okay. Buy or sell the Hawks at 100 to 1. Uh, oh, wait. Get that reminds me. I do have one, by the way. See, look at you. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me that I had one. Write um, it down. You know, the, I don't. I'm not going to place the bet because I do think it's kind of throwing some money away, but I was kind of looking around like different books myself to see kind of what some of these odds are going off at. 
And the Hawks, everywhere I see except for one book at Caesars, are either the uh, have the worst odds or tied for the worst odds with Montreal. And I just don't really see that. I, I think there are a few teams I've had that I'd have them jump just because of who's on the roster. That said, I don't buy them at hundred to one because just about any bet at hundred to one is not really worth your time. You're probably just throwing away some money and I don't see the Blackhawks having a Stanley cup worthy roster. So. Yeah. But if you can take $10 from me, take $10 from me. That's fair. I, what I do like are, I think are the Blackhawks odds at plus plus one thirty. To win this, win that first series, I think that if you actually want to make some money on a bet, I, like I think it. that's your best chance of making it. I like it. And after I give you my my buy or sell, this is the tease. I'm gonna, I, or actually, you know, we'll get into it in coming weeks. We have a more clarity on the NHL season. But I have a, I have another Moose and Runes betting competition proposition I want to make to you. Okay. We'll get to that, though. We'll get to that once we have a little more clarity, once we get a little closer to the NHL season. Oh, that's because a, while a the, deep tease. Well, while, deep the, tease. while we have the format set, I believe they said they're not practicing until June. They don't expect to start playing until July. So we still got some time here. We don't want to yeah. give it all away at once. All right. Let's peak. Let's 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 crescendo. Uh, I, I guess I, mine, I believe, I, I kind of touched on it, but I want to ask you, buy or sell future the matches between Tiger and Phil? And I guess I, I guess a bonus throw in there if not tiger and phil would you like to see anybody else in that there and kind of what celebrities would you like to see thrown in there um yeah like i said i'd be game for it uh it, it could kind of become overkill i don't need to watch would you rather see more of those? handicap out there like i i I'd, I'd like to see you know guys who are still competent and competitive um get, larry get, fitzgerald patrick peterson come to mind immediately two great golfers out of the nfl yeah. steph curry can swing it tony romo i know steph and romo have been kind of the two names floated for part three because uh the match was signed on i was unaware until the other day as a three-part thing that i did not know that pulled three events so i think they're still on uh I think they're still on the hook for one event, uh, Tiger and uh, and Phil. So I think that the name that's been floated, the names that have been floated for the first one are um, Curry and Romo. So I'd be interested in that one for sure. But like when we start getting to like Ray Romano yeah. and um, George then, Lopez, then I'm like I'm out. I'm out. So here, yeah. here's a better, I guess, quickly before we wrap up here. This is probably would have a better phrase question. Would you rather see more of those types of matches with you know the Tiger and Phil with the novelty second, or more of like what we saw at Seminole with? You know the two-on-two two skins match where you got the two pros match up. We actually see you know pros going at it in competition, but also you know team golf. I mean, call me lame, but give me the pros because I, I'm kind of with you because those those guys are just like I know we're we're on the far end of the golf spectrum, but like those guys are all personalities in my mind too. From Tiger Woods to I mean Tommy Ganey, like we we follow these guys like from big names to small names. We know their personalities a little bit, and there's enough interesting players on P- on the PGA Tour to watch really good golf, mic'd up. Give me that any mm-hmm. day of the week. I just I hope I hope one we get to see more of those, and two we get to see more courses like the Seminole featured, like now, more of those. I, it's going to be tougher now because you know once we or not now, but once we get further, once we kind of get out of this pandemic, and courses like Seminole don't kind of feel more ob- obliged to help a yeah. little bit because those courses have worked so hard to keep kind of their privacy just to the members. But if yeah. you find a way to you know get the, more of those exclusive clubs to, to sign on for these uh, match types that I'd be all in on that I and really hope that's something that keeps coming from these don't get me wrong don't take it the wrong way I believe that the Tiger Phil match was the more entertaining television product but as I said how how repeatable is that how, yeah. how, 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 how often can you recreate that I think that the player format the week prior was something that you could recreate whenever you would want to mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, but, uh, you know, it's all been fun. It's all been sports to watch on television. And uh, we maintain our progress that direction outside of the MLB. And we're happy for that. Um, Matt Rooney is a busy man, so we're going to let him go here. Uh, Matt, before we say goodbye, anything to say to the people? Uh, stay safe. Have a good week. And uh, lights at the end of the tunnel. We got sports coming back. Good man. This is going to do it for the Moose and Moons podcast, episode 155 of the pod. Be sure to hit us on social. Uh, send us some mailbags for next week, episode 156. You guys are going to have to tide us over until we get back to sports. For Matt, I'm Joe. Goodbye. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>